Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome back to the Mass Effect Vehicle Cast. We are returning from <laughs> a week with our patrons back to the regular episodes. I am Tom. This is Sam. We are your hosts. And Sam, we're talking about vehicles again. We're we're on a kind of a run with these. We are now officially sponsored by Mass Effect Motors. <laughs> Mass Effect. Mass Effect Motors. Uh, cool. I'm sure. This is a paid advertisement <laughs> by Mass Effect Motors. Yeah, we're making all of uh, no money from Mass Effect Motors. Uh, thanks. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Uh, but welcome back. Like a quick, long-winded, under-the-breath disclaimer at the very end. <laughs> Mass Effect Motors is not an actual blah, 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 yeah, all of that. Um, but yeah. There's no responsibility for bodily harm. Right, right, right. Um, so we're talking vehicles again. We've got some other vehicles in Mass Effect that uh, may or may not have come up in the patron chat, but we're going to zoom in a little bit more on some of these. Where are we starting today, Sam? Yes. So we've got some more IFVs, uh, infantry fighting vehicles, although the second one of, of this couple kind of bends the definition of that. You know, uh, these are things used to transport troops and paramilitary personnel around. We all recognize the Mako. We already talked about that one. But today we're talking about its redheaded stepchild, the Hammerhead and the Chad youngest sibling, the Nomad. <laughs> the Chad youngest sibling. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, the Nomad is pretty cool. Uh, the Hammerhead, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's not my favorite vehicle. I can see why maybe some other people might like it. Uh, you're shaking your head like, mm, no, nobody likes this. Mm. Well, some people like it. And those people are misguided. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so so it is the redheaded stepchild. The hammerhead is and it's not well loved, mainly because it's just like as wimpy as a wet napkin, you know, like doesn't take a lot to tear right through that thing. Um, but, you know, let, OK, so let's let's <laughs> break these down in a number of categories, you know, instead of just ragging on it all day, all day, which I could. Um, Let's talk about its appearance. First of all, it looks like a shark, which I appreciate considering it's the hammerhead. Yeah, it was following up with the theme, the Mako, the hammerhead, two different types of sharks. Right. Okay. They went bear, shark, shark. Right. OK. Yeah. Shark. The, the bear was fine. The shark was cooler. Let's go with another shark. Uh Oh, not quite as cool. Not as cool. And, and they did try to make it like I noticed the front is kind of like a little wide. Like a hammerhead shark might be. Yeah, yeah. You can tell like there's the gun that comes up from the front, right? But then off to the sides are those like circular like disc things. 
kind of like the eyes yeah. of a hammerhead shark kind of coming <laughs> off the front. Yeah, it's, you know, it's got an interesting appearance, um, but it doesn't have wheels because it hovers around. So it's a hover shark. And that kind of brings me to my next point about <laughs> it has such a different usage than the Mako does. It, its mobility is defined by this um, series of, you know, hover, uh, I don't want to say fans, turbines. Uh, and because of that, gameplay with it is a lot different. It introduces this elevation element of the game where it's not just all flat or trying to like, you know, mountain goat up cliffs. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. It's it's actually like, you know, oh, I should look up because I might need to go up when I'm on one of the two, two whole missions for the Hammerhead. Uh, and that's kind of the other thing that's different about usage. The Mako was used in every uncharted world you'd go to. The Hammerhead is not. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very specific use case kind of thing. I feel like this is uh, from a meta perspective. This is one of those like, hey, we're making we're making another game. We got to have a, se a sequence in here somewhere that kind of shakes up the process, kind of stirs it up a little bit. How about we have this other vehicle that does something a little bit different from the vehicle that you're familiar with and we'll use it like twice. Right? Like. Yeah, or they may, maybe they proposed using it like six times, and then right. throughout the development process, they were like, "Guys, this kind of sucks. How about we like cut it down?" <laughs> how about, I know, I know the design team did a lot of work on this. I know people <laughs> have already programmed how this thing works, and it took hours and hours. So we're gonna still use it, but only twice because we don't want to spend too much time with it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So the mobility is a huge difference here from its quote unquote predecessor, the Mako, and I I put predecessor in quotes because the Mako was developed by and for the Alliance military, and then it was widely distributed. The Hammerhead is like a prototype, and it's for Cerberus. So <laughs> it's, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's for a totally different group with totally different uh, you know, focuses and all of that, yeah. yeah. Right, but that didn't stop Cerberus from trying to cash in on the Alliance marketing by calling it the, I think it's the M44 Hammerhead. Yeah, M44. Whereas the Mako was the M35. Yeah, right, so right. So yeah, it feels like it's to give it though. part of that sequence, even if it's not, yeah. Right, uh, so, so here's a little bit in the codex about how exactly the Hammerhead is used and how it works. It says, using three solid fuel rocket thrusters instead of wheels, those are rocket thrusters, by the way, I don't know if you knew that, the Hammerhead hovers over the battlefield at up to 120 kilometers per hour, allowing it to maintain formation with swift armored units, skim across calm water, and even leap terrain obstacles. Okay, so the, the codex is saying that it would allow it to maintain formation with swift armored units. But I, I can't think of a single instance in the games in which we see this, other than referenced in the codex. Yeah, I wonder if this is like one of those like in the past this is the way war worked and so we need a vehicle to do this and then that doesn't actually happen anymore or something i i don't know right because they made a prototype and it sucked and then they were, <laughs> then they were like well yeah maybe we don't need to make more yeah. but, I, mean, I, I get can I, I get the appeal of the different things it can do being able to hover means it can be useful in pretty much any terrain and go over water it goes fairly quickly it's got thrusters it can change its elevation like all of that seems on paper like a good idea 
Yes, I, and it can indeed skim across water, um, and it can jump over some obstacles, which is cool. Uh, but it's just not. I feel like it wasn't used enough to market its value in that regard. You know what I mean? There could have been like really awesome terrains that you go through to like, you know, and there was some in the DLC, but, but I digress. Um, it also has things called backup micro boosters, which guarantee the fact that it can like really charge up to that 120 kilometers per hour. And it says even the destruction of two main thrusters would make it so that it can still have full mobility because of those micro boosters. <laughs> so that's like a, a, a lore written into the game so that it makes sense if you're taking heavy damage that yeah. you can still float around. Right, right. Yeah, no, this it totally sounds like one of those like hand wavy justifications of like, well, I've taken a lot of damage. My ship looks my, you know, hammerhead specifically looks super busted up how am i even staying in the air let alone going just as fast as i was before right and it's like well you know there's micro boosters so it's fine which raises the question if you can do it with the micro boosters then why have the three big old jet propulsion things on there right like is that well, even because necessary? they're micro mm. <laughs> okay okay it's all in the explanation it's all there um but, you know, it's got three points of fly flyiness, fly capability. So that's cool. Um, that's a huge difference. Other than that, the technology is quite reminiscent of a lot of the IFVs in Mass Effect. Um, there is an airtight hermetic sealed in interior, right? So it's resistant to different environments. Uh, there's 360 degree kinetic barriers. So it has shields protecting it all around. The strength of those shields is up to much debate, right? Sure, <laughs> but it does have shields and here's a little difference. It does have um, a, like a huge gun on the top. That's like the Mako, but it's a guided missile system. So it's heat seeking uh, or enemy seeking uh, and it's missiles instead of a cannon. So that's a little different. I kind of like that because if you are going to be super mobile and you're flying around, you need it to track kind of where you can't have exact yeah. aiming yeah also if it was a cannon like a missile propels itself a cannon is shot from the gun which pushes back against the vehicle so a hovering vehicle with a big cannon would every time it would shoot it would force itself backwards or downwards <laughs> right and that would be a problem whereas a missile yeah. can launch off a platform and, and doesn't have as much pushback on the platform it came off of so and yeah. that's the other thing it's it's you can tell it's much lighter weight than the mako because the Mako was a tank, so it needed to be heavy. Yeah, it, it feels like a scout vehicle that is mostly used for not actually being in conflict, like something yes. that can like track it rather than keep up with the heavy vehicles. It seems like it would have been better described as a vehicle that can scout ahead or flank enemies quickly and then get away and manage over rough terrain where other vehicles would have a difficult time getting over right that that feels like the use case here not for being like a major you know in the thick of it kind of vehicle yeah the the, the mako was a little beefy in regards to being an ifv the mako was pretty beefy but the thing is that now the hammerhead is not beefy enough <laughs> so the, the hammerhead is more like light cavalry 
Um, that being said, it does have more advanced technology in some regards than the Mako because it has those electronic countermeasures like you were talking about last week, the laser detection, the chaff, uh, active thermal masking so it can it can hide itself from you know thermal radar. And it also has uh, ground penetrating radar uh, for detection of uh, mines and things like that. Yeah. So uh, maybe this episode's actually supported by Cerberus. Cerberus, our sponsor for today's episode. No, we don't take money from the GOP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. There, there go some of our listeners. Bye, everybody. <laughs> well, that's OK. They're too busy. They're mad about Kevin McCarthy. They won't care. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so that takes us to the strengths of the hammerhead, which this part is really going to pain me to say because it's I don't like this uh, vehicle very much. I just I don't. But it does have strengths, right? The mobility is definitely one. And had the gameplay been a little different, I think we really would have seen the, the payout for that. Um, this thing like the Mako drives like a tank. It's, it drives in straight lines. It's very angular. But the, the uh, hammerhead is just all around. I mean, like, it's like a hover, very circular it's a hover thing. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And it can, you know, jump over much larger obstacles than the Mako can. It's faster, um, definitely faster to get around. I think if if the hammerhead had been in Mass Effect 1, those uncharted worlds would feel a lot smaller than they were. That's true. That's true. Yeah, because half of getting around in Mass Effect 1 was just like maneuvering and not getting stuck on stuff. And so exploration just took longer because of that. Yeah. Um, And I also imagine more, I don't know, um, space inside. It looks like it would be more comfortable, maybe. I mean, it's definitely still compact, but I'm, I'm thinking it's ergonomic because Cerberus developed it and Cerberus, you know, made the SR2 Normandy. We know from Joker that the seats and everything were a lot more ergonomic in there. So, yeah, I mean, it was, that would it be was, the same case. It was just bigger, too. Like it was a bigger ship. Um, I don't know that we have detail on the specific dimensions of it. Like uh, with all of these things, of course, you can see them in the game. You can see pictures of them and things like that. But actual specific dimensions, how much inside cavity space there was and how much, you know, the actual full length of the vehicle. I don't know that that's actually listed anywhere. Not that I've seen. From what I remember in being able to see it in the um, cargo bay of the Normandy, it looked pretty large, but I can't remember, you know, like, don't trust my memory. It's not perfect. Right. I didn't Uh, have a banana with me in order to see it at scale. If the internet taught many, me anything, it's, that's how. How you, many football fields is this thing? <laughs> I need to talk in American terms. Uh, I'd say it's probably like a third of a football field, whereas the Mako might be a, a fifth. Yeah, yeah, maybe twenty to thirty freedom units. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, and you know, strengths definitely has more sophisticated countermeasures, despite the fact that we still get blown the fuck up easily when we're flying this thing. Yeah, it seems okay. So even just from a theoretical standpoint, I'm not even talking like actual video game, like how easy it is to blow up in the game. Even if you built something like this with a powerful battery and shields that could withstand the similar amounts of impact, not not getting to the past the shields part, right? Because it has to be light enough to hover. But even if you had substantial shields on it and it was to take explosive hits 
in certain spots, it seems like that that would make it very hard to stay in the air because the the vehicle itself would pitch and turn and roll. And then, of course, is more likely to hit the ground, which would do way more damage to it than maybe the explosions bouncing off the shields. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it from yeah. that standpoint, it just doesn't seem like the kind of vehicle you want to actually get in the midst of any sort of actual combat. That's what happens when you let the liberals in the Defense Department R&D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we lost the rest uh, of our audience. Good job. All right. <laughs> all right. No, it's just you and I, me now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just, I really think that uh, it's, it's it, it was very cool, very cool in theory. Uh, in application, not that cool. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it, was, it was like... It was like operating the armored equivalent of a Tsetse fly or something. <laughs> it was like, well, I hope I better not get hit. Oh, I got hit and I'm dead. And we're dead because now we can't yes. pilot this thing. It's just going to hit the ground. Cool. And that leads me to the drawbacks, which is the paper mache armor that it must have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually commented on in Mass Effect 3 by Steve Cortez. He mentions how uh, the hammerhead has been taken back to Earth because the scientists were trying to work on a way to to strengthen up its weak armor. But then the Reapers attacked. So the lab and the hammerhead, they're probably just gone. Yeah. Isn't this the whole justification for why it's not in three? Is that like it, it's that much, one yeah. line? It, it's, basically, this is the developers talking to us, telling yeah. us that they understood that the hammerhead was way too wimpy. Right. Right. Yeah. And they just, I guess, didn't want to make a more less or less wimpy version and still let you use it for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's because come Mass Effect 3, they were so hellbent on the Gears of War level design. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that, the, that running the cover base. cover thing. And yes, well, I mean, the strengths of the series have always been more in the like person to person combat than any of the vehicle stuff that they've done. Like that part's always been more True. interesting, you know, using your biotic powers True. and using your squad mates and putting them in certain spots and then getting certain weapons and using them at different distances. Like all of that has always been the the, the fun part of the like shooter part of the game. Um, I don't know that they've ever really hit it out of the park using any of the vehicle stuff, unless it was just kind of a side thing that was kind of a nice, like we talked about before, like a turret section, you know, or you, you get on a gun, you get to shoot a bunch of stuff real fast and then move on to something else, which was a huge part of games 10 to 15 years ago. Like every game had its oh, yeah. turret section, right? Turret section or the Atlas mech section, right, or right. The which is mech equivalent section. to a turret section because it was so slow, but you know, it's the right. same kind yeah. of thing, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was also so another drawback in in game lore, kind of, uh, if you're putting yourself in that universe, this thing was not mass produced for frontline use. Um, for good so reason. That that it, <laughs> yeah, for them, that means there's probably a reason for that, um, because I don't remember ever fighting Cerberus troops and they were using a hammerhead, which, you know, had it been useful enough, maybe they would have in Mass Effect 3. <laughs> um, but that's not what happened. I don't remember that. Uh, I do know that there was a version of it in a Mass Effect Homeworlds comic. Uh, so it does appear in some external media that way. Uh, but it, but it's not like it was as uh, prolific as the Grizzly or the Mako. You know, yeah. those are classics. Yeah. And speaking of the Mako, the Hammerhead only has one gun. 
not two guns like the Mako. The Mako had a machine gun and a cannon. Which Mass feels accelerated cannon. Feels standard. Like I mean, it's the history of tanks. Like any yes. any tank from like World War Two on had a main turret and then some sort of machine gun or multiple machine guns, because each of those guns are useful for different things. To have a single missile launcher, yeah, seems especially if you're shooting at something that the missile can't track. Right. Like, or why waste a missile on a single infantry, you know? Right. And how big is it? How many missiles can the thing hold if it's only theoretic? Well, in game infinite. Right. (laughs) Right. But like in an actual scenario, there would be like, it's not make, it's not, you're not manufacturing the make the missiles out of thin air, right? Like there's, there's gotta be a limit and a room for storage and they have to weigh something. It's like a fully auto missile launcher, too, which is the weird part. But, you know, it doesn't have a machine gun. So, again, in terms of like all purpose guns, a very strange one to go with for just the one. Um, And okay, so given that there's also one planet where we know for a fact the hammerhead has to be kept from freezing, that would also seem to indicate that it has less environmental protection systems than the Mako. Because the Mako, even if you're in level two or three cold hazards, you don't ever need to worry once you're inside the Mako. Yeah. You're not going to lose health or anything. Yeah. I wonder if that's just a nod to how thick the actual armor is. Like it's the Mako is more insulated and armored so that like the heat doesn't escape once it's inside the cabin. Whereas on something that's not quite as, I don't know, thick and tanky maybe it doesn't work as well i don't know it's a it's a weird difference it's a weird difference you would think you would have the technology to like hermetically seal in any vehicle and then just heat the inside using whatever massive energy producing procedure you have in order to make sure that the people inside are comfortable right like next next time i I or my fiance talks about like oh i want to lose weight i'm just gonna say no we're just thick and tanky you just baby you're just looking thick and tanky don't worry about it that'll give me a night on the couch is what that'll get me (laughs) (laughs) this is one of those like uh real human things like uh, uh, having been married for a long time and you know you get older your body's change and things like that but usually like once you once you find somebody attractive even if they change weight a little bit it's not the end of the world in fact sometimes it's kind of like well this is different but fun in a different way (laughs) but (laughs) the other person doesn't want to hear that (laughs) no they don't (laughs) (laughs) nope (laughs) no but Nah, she knows I'll always love her. Um, so, uh, but that's all I have about the hammerhead. You know, we don't we don't really get a lot of lore behind it because it's only around for a short time in the Mass Effect uh, series. Just a couple missions in two, and then some slight references elsewhere. Yeah. So limited knowledge on that one, but we've got another one to get to the Chadmobile. <laughs> We we got to talk about the Chad mobile of IFVs in Mass Effect. And so we're going to do that after the break. We got to go thank our patrons, but we'll be back. So don't go anywhere. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons, and we don't have any new patrons this week, but we do have currently 62 patrons and our shepherd tier patrons who get shout outs every week, including Kolkishins, Edboy, Kira C., Lieutenant Cicino, and William. Thank you so much for all of your support. We couldn't do it without you. If you are interested in joining the ranks of these people and getting ad-free episodes or t-shirts or stickers or joining us on patron chats, any of that stuff, head over to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. It's easy to get to and you can check out all the things on there. Also, if you'd like to help us out with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read that out on a future episode. We don't have any new ones this week, or at least they haven't shown up in my feed. Sometimes it takes them a few days and they're a little bit late. But if you do that, we'll read it out on a future episode. You can also rate the show on Spotify or whatever podcatcher you're listening to this on. You can check out our YouTube channel and see our wonderful faces. You can join us live at twitch.tv slash uh, Robots Radio, because it's on my channel. We don't actually have a Mass Effect Lorecast channel um, for, for Twitch. Uh, lots of fun ways to support the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your support. And uh, let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out. Or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. Sam, when I look at the Nomad, do you know what I think? Do you know what it reminds me of? The quarterback of a football team. <laughs> the quarterback of a football team, because I'm into sports ball. Uh, no, it looks like one of those um, really stylistically designed toys for like ten year old boys, like one of those like remote controlled cars. Oh, it you know does look like an RC car. It looks yes. like an RC car with like really cool wheels that you can take off road because it's got the six wheels on it, right? <laughs> And like, yes, you can just yeah. kind of take it all over everything. You can jump it off of sick ramps in the middle of your driveway. Like, that's what this feels it looks like. Looks like a monster truck. Yeah, it looks like the Mako plus a monster truck. So right. it's like, yeah, grave digger. Yeah, like real <laughs> slick looking monster truck from the future is yeah. kind of that's the vibe I get from from this guy. It's like if Elon Musk made a Tesla cyber truck <laughs> with like monster truck elements to it. Yeah, well, it's more yeah, rounded. The Cybertrunk is all just weird triangular shapes. Uh, so it is different <laughs> in that regard. But it does yeah, have that, that same futurity <laughs> quality. Uh, did you see? Did you see the like the the art design stuff that they sold it off of, and then the actual model they put out? Some of the angles changed. Some of, like it doesn't look exactly the same, and it kind of looks dumber in real life than it does in the. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about the Nomad. Why? Why is this the uh, Chadmobile? <laughs> 
<laughs> it is the quarterback of the football team. That's why I brought it up to you. You know, if the Mako is the running back or maybe like the fullback mm-hmm. that just plows through the line, right. uh, some fo- football analogies. I know that all of our non-American listeners are really going to love these. They're like, you're talking um, about football, like with the with the ball you kick with your feet, right? No, we're talking about handball. Yeah, I mean, really, <laughs> just, we should just, can really we just rename should. American football handball? Yeah, I. it makes so much more sense. It totally does. Yeah. Anyway, so we're talking about American handball um, <laughs> and the fullback just plowing through the line. Yeah, that's the Mako. It's a tank. It runs in straight lines. It's not incredibly agile left or right, you know, and the nomad is like the dual threat quarterback, right? It can throw. It can pass. It doesn't matter. It's fast as hell and it's agile. It can get, you know, it can avoid getting tackled. And it looks great doing it. You almost and had like like song lyrics in there. It can throw. It can pass. It it's uh, it's hella fast. Like uh, like you almost anyway. It yeah. it can kick Commander Shepard's ass. Oh my god! If any of our listeners are musicians and you want to write a Nomad song and use <laughs> that description, or maybe even the sound clip itself in the song, that would be amazing. I would love. That. It can throw. It can pass. It can even slam ass. There you go. There you go. That's it. There we go. That feels Call like back that feels like N7's, much earlier episode. N7's uh, theme song. Can you use that on your streams when you start your stream? <laughs> <laughs> it can throw, it can pass, it can really slam ass. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the it is in that scenario, but... Um, I think it's all talking yeah. about you in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> this I'll, episode I'll is so one. off the rails. Normally we're way more buttoned down, but we this is nuts. This is why we don't. Trails, yeah, this is why we say. don't record in the middle of the week. I guess. I promise. Yeah, this is just flavored water. There's nothing else in this drink. I promise. <laughs> well, for me, I'm. This is you know like the sixteenth hour of my day <laughs> because of how late or how early I work. So, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna blame it on being tired. Um, but but the, that's the reason why I'm calling the Nomad the Chadmobile because everyone wants it to have a gun. And it doesn't have one. But if it did, it would be unstoppable. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the appearance before we get into the technology. It looks like a sleeker Mako, right? If the Mako is the Hummer, then I, I think that the Nomad is the Hummer too. Because it has mm-hmm. the same six-wheel design with that little gap, you know, in between the rows of wheels. And it has considerably more torque, which means higher speed for this car. If you could call it a car. it's car it's a car like vehicle sure yeah and but the main difference here between the nomad and the mako is it's primarily a civilian exploration tool it's meant for scientific research and scouting uh it's the pathfinder's vehicle so this is really not an ifv it's closer to just being like a badass jeep right and there's no gun so it's clearly not american made (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there's no turret. So it was like someone who bought the Hummer thinking this is kind of like I got a Humvee and it's not. You don't have a Humvee. You have a Hummer. And you should probably stop riding that person's ass in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast for now, forever will be known as the anti drivers of Hummers show. I, guess. I don't know. I've been pissing everyone off this episode. Yeah, we've, we've pissed off we've pissed off conservatives 
liberals and now Hummer drivers if they somehow were not in one of those other two camps already. Also staunch defenders of the supremacy of football. I'm sorry, handball. Yeah. And Americans in general. We've just. Yes. Yeah. But so, I also spent a good portion using football analogies. So Europeans probably not happy with that either. Yeah. So that's also a large percentage of our audience. So and there's no audience left. Um, so now that's just you and I. What else do we need to know about the Nomad? <laughs> <laughs> um, it has these scientific uh, purposes as well. It has a built-in relay for marking orbital drop points, which that's pretty cool and probably has a number of different applications they didn't even explore in Andromeda. But in Andromeda, you can survey things without getting out of the car, which is nice when your AI is not bugging the crap out of you about it. Uh, because he is just incessant about it in your ear. Um, but outside of the Andromeda Initiative, here's another vehicle where it might just be a prototype. Because outside of the Andromeda Initiative, we never see it. We don't even know if it exists. So we get very limited lore on this vehicle. Yeah, either a prototype or something very specifically designed. Just like a single creation designed for one thing for this group in this one mission that isn't necessarily going to be manufactured and used in other ways or other places so right either way and you know they they equipped it with highly modular technology uh that's fun from a gameplay perspective which is why they went there but from a lore perspective i would venture to guess that they made this vehicle highly modular because they weren't sure quite what they were going to find once they got to andromeda that totally makes sense too they'd be able to adjust to whatever situation they come across yeah. So part of that is having twin hydrogen oxygen f uh, fuel cells for the ESO core. Uh, those are incredibly fuel efficient and they would have really little problems getting around unless, of course, there was no ESO in the next galaxy, which maybe they didn't think that far. Uh, but there's also and I found this pretty interesting in the lore. Each wheel has an independent suspension and you can switch between six and four wheel drive on the fly, hmm. which helps for going up steep inclines. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, it sounds it like something Hummer drivers would be super all over. Yeah, six wheel drive, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like the way that they implemented that, though, going from the Mako and then like you get to the Nomad. You're like, really? I got to switch to six wheel drive for this? This is this is what? This is what? Like a 15% grade? It's nothing. <laughs> and then you get in the Mako and you're going up like 50 or 60 degree cliffs. Mm -hmm. No problem. Not yeah. losing speed. Yeah. And then you get into Skyrim horse and then you just start going up straight walls. Sheer cliff faces. Yeah, cliff faces straight up. Yeah. So... I mean, I don't know if that's really like an upgrade or a downgrade because I didn't like the fact that I kind of had to switch between four or six wheel drive, but it's an interesting gameplay mechanic where you can do that switching and it makes it a little bit more immersive, I guess. Um, much like the Mako, it also has thrusters. So it has thrusters behind the vehicle and underneath the vehicle. Um, those are purely to get around obstacles and speed up when you need to. Um, those are pretty cool. There's a number of different upgrades to the technology, like I mentioned. Um, the thrusters, you can upgrade those, uh, and that'll improve your maneuverability. 
The shields, of course, will make you a little bit beefier because at the very beginning, you're, you know, you can't take that many hits. But once you upgrade some of these other components, especially the shields, uh, it will give you a greater protective field around the Normand or Normandy, the Nomad. <laughs> it's, it's the Normandy uh, on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Normandy um, and its occupants inside. Um, speaking of which, this one looks pretty large. The Nomad looks much larger and, and roomier than the Mako. So um, I should have brushed up on it. I don't know how many people can actually fit inside the Nomad. I think but I read I, it uh, somewhere it said at least three. Meaning we don't have a specific number, but because you and two other companions can fit in it, we know at least three can yes. fit. Um, therefore, at least three. Yeah. Maybe two Drax. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, two Krogan, five human. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> three people know, with one person laying across their laps. Yes. It's got to have people. more capacity than the Mako, even though canonically the Mako can fit far. Like the lore says the Mako can fit far more people than I think it really can. It doesn't seem like uh, it fits that many. Yeah, it, it's weird. Right. So I think the Nomad should be able to fit more people. There's also something that you can equip to the Nomad, which lets you like it doesn't have a weapon, but it can detonate its shields basically and act as an AOE attack for, you know, everyone around. Um, of course, you'll do that at the cost of your shields, but it'll send people standing nearby flying away, I guess, in case you're trying to drive through crowds of people. Uh, that might be nice. <laughs> um, God knows I never do that in any of my playthroughs. I never try and actively run over enemies. <laughs> no, I definitely mm. do that. Um, there's also ground penetrating radar. You know, that's not surprising. But what is surprising is it's not used for detecting landmines and things like that necessarily. It's used for surveying the ground and seeing which areas are good for mining. Makes sense. So, yeah. And, then, and it's also, there's some hints that it's hermetically sealed as well and provides life support. So it has some hazard resistance. Whether or not it has as much hazard resistance as the Mako, I don't know because I'd venture to say no because the Mako never encounters a situation where its hazard protections are not completely effective. Mm, okay. So uh, that's like the list of upgrades and stuff. What are the strengths? It's a lot more agile. It's just, it's not like driving a tank. It's like driving an RC you know, car, six wheeled vehicle. Yeah, six, it, it is kind of like driving an RC car. RC car, yeah. It moves around a lot like an RC car <laughs> and its acceleration is pretty fast. It's it's pretty fun to drive. Um, and it also seems to be able to withstand a beating, especially compared to the M44 Pinata. Uh, I'm sorry, Hammerhead, um, because it just, you know, it, it can it can take more hits than that. So in my opinion, it was an improvement. And it's also likely more comfortable, like I said, so that I think that's a strength, at least for if you're trying to be the one who's driving it or riding in it. Uh, that would be cool. It has a top speed of 161 kilometers per hour. Our European fans will like the fact that I use that metric system. Do you want to know Instead how many of, miles per hour that actually is? Is that like 100 miles an hour? It's, yeah, exactly. It's exactly 100 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's really <laughs> fast. That's like, I mean, for a bulky vehicle with lots of stuff on it and six wheels, that's that's hauling. And no highways to drive on, right? Like, yeah, you're going 100 miles an hour uh, on dirt off road. Yeah, 
That's yeah, that's and great. ice sometimes. So sure, that's ballsy. <laughs> but uh, and it's also a lot prettier. It's a lot prettier than the Mako. You know, the Mako is it looks like a f- driving fridge. Uh, but <laughs> but this one's a lot prettier, and you can have custom paint jobs. I always wanted custom paint jobs for the Mako, but you get them here with the Nomad. That's a nice bonus because everybody wants to dress up them, their own characters and have the different gear and then be able to do that to your vehicle, too, is is a cool touch. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a fan pleaser there. So, OK, but so, there's also some drawbacks. Yeah. So what are the drawbacks? No weapons. Like I said, you know, uh, it sucks that there's it is no match for firepower versus the Mako because it doesn't have any guns and you can't install any guns on it. That's it. OK, um, so let's pause there. Doesn't that feel like an oversight? You're sending a bunch of people to a faraway galaxy to explore absolutely unknown things. You know that there's dangerous life on many of the worlds in our own galaxy, whether that's intelligent life or really scary creatures you're going to encounter or whatever. And you don't give it the ability to have weapons. And I get that it's for civilians. But even when civilians are going out into the wilderness by themselves, you bring weapons and tools that are able to handle whatever you come across. Right. Like, I feel like this might have been a compliance thing for Citadel law, because I can't imagine that Citadel law would permit civilian vehicles for having turrets and other weapons on them like that kind of thing yeah it seems crazy like if let's say let's say i you and i go up to the the northwest right near where you live out into the woods what are the chances we come across a bear and if we come across a bear wouldn't it be nice to have a rifle (laughs) right like well actually bear spray would be more effective but i see your point but (laughs) specifically like specifically something some sort of something to use against the bear right like you need something and give me a giant taser yeah but yeah even if it's non-lethal at least some sort of countermeasure against whatever you're coming across yeah and of course you got guns you know yourself as a character but yeah it, it it does feel like because the nomad doesn't have any countermeasures like chaff that we mentioned earlier as well unless i have completely missed out on a certain part of the game and in, in which case someone tell me because that would have been great to know uh, but as far as i know there's no real countermeasures like you know it's not throwing out chaff and, and flares and things right 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 all it has is the little shield burst thing that it does yeah but um with with if you upgrade the shields for the nomad and you upgrade all of your electronics skill line for all of your characters in Mass Effect 1 and you compare the relative strengths of the Mako versus the Nomad in terms of sheer beefiness. I think what you'll find is the Mako is actually stronger because it can take these direct blasts from Geth Armatures and Geth Colossi uh, and it can just stand there and take a number of them before mm-hmm. you die. Yeah. Whereas the Nomad, I'm not sure that the the relative enemy strength it could just sit around and take that many hits, even with fully upgraded shields. Right. And it makes sense. I mean, it is a civilian vehicle, at least on that level. Like you're not going to it's more about mobility and exploration than it is about being in active warfare. So. Yes. Yes. So um, that being said, I would venture to guess that the life support systems are stronger on the Nomad. However, the environmental protections you can't argue with it. I know it might just be a difference in gameplay, right? And it's, there's probably a gameplay reason here, but canonically, the Mako has the best environmental protections. Hmm. So you're saying Mako still best boy? 
Mako is the OG. Mako is the best boy. However, I have a lot more fun driving the, the, the Nomad around. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. just doesn't have a mass accelerator cannon, which yeah. is regrettable. Oh, man. I wonder if the developers are listening to our show, and I wonder if they're working on the next game, <laughs> and I wonder if they're going to go, okay, they like these things about this one, they like these things about this one, they like these. Why don't we just take all the good stuff and put it into a vehicle that everybody will enjoy? Call it the Chimera. Holy there crap. There we go. The Chimera. <laughs> That would be badass. We have just solved the Mass Effect vehicle problem. Yeah. There just, we go. Just give everybody everything they've always wanted. There's never anything wrong with that answer. And everyone's always happy when that happens. I got right? it. The M69 Chimera. Holy moly. It's getting better. It keeps getting better. There we go. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. So that's the Hammerhead and the Nomad. That's another vehicle episode knocked out and uh where are we going after this sam we actually have more vehicles to discuss believe it or not we have the kodiak uh dropship to discuss or I'm, I'm sorry the kodiak shuttle i believe it's called uh and the uh a61 mantis gunship that's that helicopter looking thing you see flying around that's cool that's cool so we'll knock those out next week yeah, yeah, we'll be back on vehicles again next week. Awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody, and thanks for being here, chat. Sam, I know you got stuff going on. You want to share what's happening yeah, this week? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm going to try and stream a little bit of uh, Mass Effect within, well, <laughs> by the time this publishes, you should just go and check me out, follow me, and you'll see when my notification goes live on the weekend. Um, I am streaming Mass Effect to my personal canon playthrough. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at N7TheLegend. Awesome. And RobotsRadio.net for this show and all the other shows on the network, including some of my other shows like the Starfield Lorecast and Lord of the Rings Lorecast and a bunch of other stuff. So if you're looking for more content, lots of awesome creators beyond just the two of us making cool stuff, RobotsRadio.net. And thank you for being here, chat. You can always join us live for our shows at Twitch.tv slash RobotsRadio. And like today, we're doing it on a Wednesday night, but normally we do these on Fridays in the... Uh, Afternoon, early evening, 5 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, or 2 p.m. Pacific. Time zones. Weird stuff. All right. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you next time. And until then, uh, I don't know. Stay with the Drive Mako. Safe. Drive safe. The Mako's still best boy. But I guess you can have your preferences if you want. <laughs> and uh, if anybody is actually still listening, thanks for still listening, even though we offended everybody on the planet. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.